Vision Sunday, the PowerPoint says it all. So, tonight is going to be... <laughs> tonight um, is Vision Sunday, yes. And whether you have been at Blueprint for six years or six weeks, it's a privilege to be here to share with you. Um, today, as we remember the story together of how God has been at work in our midst, um, not as individuals, but as a community, as a collective. And so I just want to say right from the outset that this is a super Old Testament thing to do, to reorient ourselves in the story of how God has been at work in our people. In the Old Testament, um, people remembered who God was by saying, oh, the Lord, the Lord was the one that brought us out of Egypt, who rescued us from slavery. The God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, of Sarah, Rebecca, of Rachel, of our people. And so tonight we remember some of the stories of how Jesus has been at work in our church community and we remember who God is and how we've known him through our people. And then we look ahead to the future. So, first of all, where we've come from. So way back in the ancient history of Blueprint, some 15 years ago, Blueprint was a church plant into the inner city of Wellington from the Rock Church and um, at this stage, I was just starting at intermediate school, so um, wasn't here. But um, yeah, from what I've heard, it was a kind of rugged time. So Blueprint was this independent um, church who met and they had a cigarette break partway through the service so that people could go and get their fix. And then, um, yeah, it would come back together. And there was this kind of um, deeply dysfunctional yet somehow held it together thing that happened where people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have felt comfortable in church, didn't have their pearl necklaces eked, um, came to know Jesus, which is really beautiful. And so sometime after this church plant um, happened, a number of blueprinters have this friend named Sindiru Akeri, who I actually don't know, but um, yeah, who I've heard a lot from, from Lauren Headley, who was like number one fangirl. <laughs> and she shared this prophetic word um, with Blueprint about Blueprint being a prototype. And that was kind of a challenge, because when you're a prototype, you're supposed to be a prototype to something else. Like, if, if no one's following you, if you're not going to get replicated into something else, then are you even really a prototype? And so Blueprint started on this journey of um, trying to find out, like, okay, who are we being a prototype to? What cool church movements are out there that we could, like, align with? And so... Um, Right around 2013, I think, um, we hitched up with the Anglicans, so the coolest of the cool. And if, <laughs> if ancient history of Blueprint was about flying solo and being independent and like a mm, little bit anti-establishment, somewhere in the middle there, we started rediscovering some old ways, some old practices of how people have been following Jesus for like quite a long time, more than 15 years. So we started seeing that the prototype thing was something to do with the new thing influencing the old thing, but that the old stuff maybe had something to teach us too. And because I'm quite into food, I like to go to the veggie market and I like to eat and cook, um, one way that I think about this image is microwaves. So um, is anyone familiar with like in the 80s how heaps of microwave cookbooks got made? Yeah, and all the food is like freakishly yellow, and you're sort of like, would you want to eat that? Um, yeah, and so the cookbooks make big claims like, 
how to make scrambled eggs in 11 seconds and how to make a wedding cake and roast a duck at the same time in two minutes and just like wild things and all the food looks totally inedible um, and I kind of think that modern life sells us dreams like that it's like you can have all the stuff faster and better and it's going to be great but I think what Blueprint started discovering partway through this journey of um, old and new is that sometimes it's just the right time to use the oven. Like, maybe the microwave isn't the right call. And so reconciling the old to new kind of started happening in the middle there. So if that metaphor of the microwave cookbook doesn't work for you, another one um, is that we could kind of imagine the adventure of Blueprint to be like up in an attic and it's all like dusty and we're sort of crawling around, trying to not hit your head on the beams and looking for ancient treasure, dusting off the relics. And so that's kind of been our journey. We've been learning to use the church calendar as a guide to direct um, how we explore faith through the year and inform how our small groups meet. And we've started having daily practices and rhythms of prayer, thinking that maybe these things um, that slow us down and connect us to old ways of doing things have something to offer us. And so for those of you who don't know, um, down at St. Peter's on Willis at 6.30 on weeknights, there's prayer that happens that the Free Store and the Cuba Street chapters um, commit to going to, but anybody's welcome to join in. And it's kind of a bit of a faff to maybe hang around town to go to that or to come down from uni to go to that. But that's kind of a little bit about what we're about at Blueprint, that we think it takes effort to come and do faith together, but to come and gather together in prayer and gather around common words that give us a common life of faith actually has a richness, richness, a richness um, and a depth of flavour to life and faith that you don't get by living a microwave, insular, solo faith. So, you know, you could pray for 10 seconds at home on your own, and God, like, will hear that. But there's something else um, that's more. Mm. And so, thank you, Tyson. Yes, support. Um, and so to kind of... <laughs> thumbs up are going off around the room. Um The penultimate, I guess, moment of, like, yes, we are so on board. Last year, Scott... Um, God ordained as a priest, and as we've heard, Lindley's going to be um, becoming a deacon in a couple of weeks. And really what this says is that people in our church community are laying down their lives for this little church community, but also as part of a bigger church story, as part of a wider whānau. And so Blueprint still sees itself as this kind of little prototype that we want to um, have influence and sort of do our own thing. But also we have the humility to say, actually we don't have all the answers and that we have something to learn. That this old stuff actually is more beautiful and grounding than we could have imagined. And that there's something wonderful about being part of a wider family tree who we love and who we serve. So, if this is where we've been, the next thing I want to say is who we are. And there are two key pictures that ground us in who Blueprint is. And the first of these is from 1 Samuel 22, the cave of Adullam. The story of David who was on the run from King Saul and he's hiding out in this cave. And so I'll read to you that passage. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brother and father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. 
all those who were in distress or debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their commander. So Blueprint felt this call to be a place of hope and healing for the discontent, the indebted and the distressed. And to see people restored and to see people become faithful, resilient followers of Christ. And we see that that call is one that we have together. To remain together, but to be transformed from brokenness to wholeness. To experience together that transformation. So that's one picture that we hold. And the second one, as you can see there, is the image of the harakeke, which is to do with how we are the family of God together, growing together. And so, um, for all of you flax enthusiasts out there, you'll already know this. You have at the centre of the plant the little rito shoot, um, which is the like little tender new shoot. And then around that you have the bigger leaves of the afirito, which shade the, the little shoot. And then out on the side you have the big, gnarly, old leaves um, that are getting hit by the wind and the rain. And for many of us, this is our experience of growth and blueprint. This is how we've known what it means to be the family of God. And so I just want to take a moment to acknowledge um, that that's our journey. And I knew this would be a thing for me to look around the room and like see lots of faces of people that I care about and who I've kind of been alongside and know some of your stories. Um, and so at the risk of this vision talk going for 17 hours rather than the 16 that I've got planned, um, I won't go through all of your stories. But I just want to give a shout out to a couple of people to say that actually this is um, tangible, this is real, it's not just some idea that we have. Um, and so Esme isn't here this weekend, but I just want to acknowledge her story that um, she's up at a block course for Praxis, and she's someone that stumbled into Blueprint, um, had never been to church before, and met God, and started out as that little shoot, um, and was at the centre as the retail for a while, and now is someone who's laying her life down at zeal and through praxis and is carving it up in that space and is being support and shade to other people. And likewise, I think it was, I mean, there's so many people that I could have talked about, but I was thinking of Alicia and, um, yeah, as someone who has grown so much in the time that I've known her and is now like a tupuna in Cuba chapter and really has such a passion for prayer and for hospitality and for keeping it real and for giving people heaps. Um, and that that's such a beautiful thing. Um, and now she's got this job working for the New Zealand Police and training recruits in um, mental health crisis, which is so cool. And so I could go on here, but what I want to encourage you to do is actually like mine out each other's stories and be people that share your stories because there are so many good stories in this room. Um, but yeah, believe that. But with the image of the harakeke, what I want to say is when I started working at Blueprint, which was about halfway through last year, I was walking around the city and noticing how there's actually quite a lot of flax in Wellington. Um, and noticing the way that flax grows. And particularly on a windy Wellington day, it's like pretty carnage. Like there's, it's kind of chaos looking at flax. And it's not altogether clear um, which ones are the little, the medium and the big shoots. It's kind of all happening um, at once. And so I want to say that the way we grow together is super messy. And that it isn't about any one leaf growing tall, but it's about all of them starting small and growing tall. 
and that it's not about the health of one leaf, but it's about the health of the whole plant, which is growing together. And so that's kind of our story of transformation together, of being the family of God together, that we are nourished by a common source in God. And so if you're new at Blueprint, you might not have heard this, and if you're old, you probably have heard it lots. Um, But there are three things that I want to say about being a Blueprinter that relate to this. Number one, it is okay to be fragile and to be held. Number two, we want you to be held so that you can grow to hold others. And number three, in the end, all of us ultimately have a call to give our lives to the wind and the rain of a broken world so it might be healed and that Christ might break through into people's lives and that the kingdom would come. So that's kind of some of the vision of who we are. But there's also the practical, ordinary stuff of who we are on the day-to-day how we experience life together. And so, who here has been to the Blueprint website? Oh yeah, good number of people. So you should go there regularly because it keeps changing because Andy Hockey is like putting some time into making it beautiful. Um, but yeah, mm, so good. There are three things that talk, get talked about on the Blueprint website about um, how we live out our faith together. And these are companionship, community gatherings, and chapters. And so the companionship thing, this is expressed through the hospitality we extend to one another, the fact that we believe deeply that no one should have to do faith alone, and so we want to make the effort to connect and to get together and to know one another. And this happens through small groups and through making it a priority to get to family shindigs like camp and through forging friendships and mentoring relationships and through being people that just drive each other around when someone's had surgery or cook each other dinner or shout each other a coffee or pray for each other in the park or just do the weird stuff of showing up and loving one another. To be people who are challenged to extend this companionship, not just to people who look like us or talk like us or act like us, but to extend that friendship to people who are different to us. And in this way, the free store has been a massive blessing for us as a community, being able to connect with people from different walks of life. And so for those of you who don't know about the free store, if you're new here, this is this amazing thing that happens every week, where thousands of items of food get collected that would have gone into the bin, and they get sorted, and they get given out, and friendships are formed through this process of people gathering food together um, and gathering together to find companionship. So if you're interested in finding out the backstory about, about the free store, um, on the Blueprint Facebook, I mean, on the Blueprint website, uh, there's a podcast from Benjamin, a talk he gave a few months ago, which is so beautiful to listen to and hear about how people struggled for that dream and fought to have that space actually be established. Um, yeah, so check that out. And if you're interested in volunteering, sign up. And if you're keen to just go down and have a yarn and get a loaf of bread if you need one, do that too. And so this leads me briefly to talk about chapters. This week um, I was talking to someone who was newish at Blueprint about chapters and trying to figure out how to describe that. And effectively, they're a group of people who are called to a place or a people who are choosing to put that commitment first, who are saying, myself and my own priorities, they come second, my self-interest comes second, And I'm committed to loving those people that are around me in this process, even when life gets difficult, which it always does. 
And I think a key part of this actually is like pushing back against the New Zealand passive aggressive tradition. Um, because when you are doing things in close proximity to each other, you end up pushing each other's buttons. But we want to dig in deeper than that and not just tolerate kind of surface level relationships or minor tension. Um, yeah, and that is actually something that's different about the love of Christ that's between us. Yeah, and so we have three chapters as part of Blueprint. You've already heard about Lal Bay, who are launching a church service in a few weeks. Get it? So good. Um, the free store and then the Cuba chapter, um, who are serving people committed to hospitality and mission in the inner city. And so, you tracking with me? Companionship, community gathering, oh, awkward. Chapters, I did that on purpose. And community gatherings. The third way we practice um, our life together is through gathering together. And this kind of ties into the companionship thing. We meet in small groups and we um, get together during the week in lots of different ways. There's prayer, as I said, at St. Peter's. Um, we go and have a kai down at Sate Village and hang out with Don, which is a great time. And also we have this big gathering on a Sunday. And I think it's, it's worth noting that that's actually significant. That's part of us coming together as our big kind of family gathering for the week and being united. Um, yeah. Guys, you're doing super well. Um, I'd like to announce that it's now intermission. Um, and so, what I'd ask you to do, thanks Nathan for the support, um, is just to have a quick count of the person next to you and share how it was that you came to be at Blueprint in the first place, like when you first walked in the door. And why is it that you're still here? If you need to take this opportunity to stretch or to pee, do that. I'm going to give you like a minute and a half. Go. That's probably about time. I've taken this opportunity to remove the microphone off the stand so that I can gesture more freely and move around. Yeah. Okay. How are we doing? Good? You, you're all ready for part two? Yeah. If this is where we've been and who we are, we're now heading into what we're doing, where we're going. So the momentum continues. Yes. Um, yeah. It's good. It's good. Thank you, Scott. Um, awesome. So I want to introduce you guys. To a theme and a point of focus for us this year, which is reconciliation. There she is, very good. <laughs> and as some of you will know, we've actually recently named the Blueprint album after this theme. Um, what came first? Ooh, chicken egg. Um, but yeah, yesterday Jesse Black and I were talking about this and how it's pretty amazing that we literally own the d domain name of reconciled.co.nz um, for the Blueprint album. And that is how committed we are to this theme. So, yeah. I don't know how technology works, but that is amazing. Um, yeah, so just want to give a big shout-out at this moment to our musicians who, as Hamish said, put in the hard yards the other week um, recording that music. But actually, that, that music is... Um, has been born out of what God has been doing amongst us for a long time. Um, 
And that is just going to be such a gift to so many people, and I'm so excited about it. So I'm just going to read a little excerpt from the website reconciled.co.nz about the forthcoming album. <laughs> Reconciled. It's about the reconciliation that Christ brings to every sphere of our lives and our world. Reconciliation between us and God, between old and new, between peoples and Aotearoa. Reconciled draws from ancient liturgy, scripture, te reo Māori, and our unique experience as a community trying to reconcile the broken things in our central Wellington neighbourhood. And so I think that this album for us is going to be a gift, and it's going to be a gift to many other congregations and communities, but it'll also be kind of a marker in time where um, some of the journey that we've been on gets demarcated, and then we continue on with Christ. And so all this to say, we're going to be wrestling around with this theme a bit more in the coming months and years. But tonight, I'm just going to talk about one thing which I think is kind of central for us to focus on and for us to choose um, in order to opt into this reconciliation. And then we're going to talk about three areas that that reconciliation plays out and then talk about a few kind of hows um, of this community and how um, Blueprint is seeking to do that. Cool? Great. So, 2 Corinthians 5. We read... And just to give a bit of context, the word reconcile means literally to exchange or to bring into change relationship or to be brought into favour. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So here we read, that a way has been made for us by God to be reconciled to him, for us to have life in Christ and that we are invited to be messengers, to be ambassadors of the work of Christ's reconciliation. And so I want to say that this one thing that I think we need in order to enter into reconciliation, this one posture or way of thinking about ourselves um, in order to opt in, is to allow ourselves to be seen. To choose to be seen. And the first area of reconciliation that I want to talk to about this in is reconciliation between us and God. Here we have the choice to be seen, really seen by God. Earlier this year, I was talking to Alana, um, we were just having a yarn as we want to do, and um, we were talking about prayer and God and things, and she just made this comment about asking herself, am I hiding from God? Like, is there something that I'm kind of trying to obscure from God's view? And I think that's significant. I think there's something about us choosing to be seen and be honest before God. We get that choice. In the 2 Corinthians reading that we just looked at, 
Christ has reconciled us to himself, but we actually still get the choice to stand before God and to choose how honestly we stand there. In Revelation 3, we read of this image of Jesus saying, Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. We get to choose to open that door and allow God to see us. The distressed, the indebted, the discontent, we get to choose to look in the face of Christ and see the gaze of love that looks back at us. To see that he sees that we are the new creation, that the old has gone. The second area of reconciliation that I want to look at is the reconciliation that happens between us as the family of God. And here again, there's an invitation to be seen. To be seen by others and to show up and take the risk of being known by people. To take the risk that you will disappoint people or that people will disagree with you. That we will misunderstand each other. But to know that there is one that is working between us to call us to be reconciled to one another. For the peace of Christ to rest between us in those places of fear and tension and disagreement. That the love of Christ is between us, reconciling us to be his family. And so I want to talk a little bit about my own experience of being in church, of being in the family of God. Before I was at Blueprint, um, I've been part of a couple of other churches. And before that, I never went to church and I didn't know God. And what I've realized is that for a long time, I had a bit of an imposter syndrome of being at church. When I'd walk into a room, I'd want to connect with people and want to be known and to belong. But I'd also have this fear of letting people in, of actually letting people know me. Does anyone else relate to this? I think we can get caught in a bit of a bind of anxiety when we desperately want to belong and we want people to do the work for us. We want them to do the miles. We want um, them to help us feel like we belong. But if we're too afraid to show up and to let ourselves be seen, we will always feel like we're on the outside. And God has been chipping away at this in my life. And tonight I want to say this to you, that if you've been looking for a place to belong, the way that I've found this to be possible is to let myself be seen. I have been someone who um, not even my closest friends ever saw me cry because I was too afraid to let my guard down with people in that way. Too afraid of being someone who didn't have it all together, who looked like they didn't have it all together. And the call of the cave of Adullam and the call of Blueprint is that actually it is okay to be seen. And yet I am that distressed person. I am that discontented person. Because the thing is, if we are too afraid to be seen by the family of God, we will just stop showing up. Or on the days where we don't feel like we're on form or we can't kind of meet the grade that we've set for ourselves, we won't feel like we can be here. Or if we do make it in the door, we'll put on a mask and feel unknown. But I deeply, deeply believe that God calls us to deeper relationships, deeper reconciliation with ourselves and with others. And what I want to say is that if this is you, 
Blueprint is a place where you can learn to trust God and learn to trust God's people that you can be seen. As I said earlier with the image of the harakeke, Blueprint is a place where you can be held as the rito and you can grow. Because when we show up and when we bring ourselves wholeheartedly, that is where we are truly learning to love one another and to be the family of God. To be the messy, harakeke family of God because life does get a bit messy. And I can say that I have experienced that here. And I know other people have experienced that here. Because being family isn't always easy. And our culture would suggest that we could just nurse our bitterness, just hold on to the way that people have hurt us. But the call of Christ is that we forgive one another and be reconciled. Dating people in church and breaking up isn't easy. Flatting with people that annoy you or press your buttons isn't easy. But we are called to love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. The need to be reconciled to one another as members of the family of God is a bigger call on our lives than the grievances we could hold against one another. There is a call to trust God with the pain that comes with life and to choose to say, God, that was really rats. But I know you don't want me to be bogged down with bitterness. And I know you don't want me to be separated from the family you have given me. And so at Blueprint, we believe that Christ came into the world to reconcile us to God, to draw us closer where we were separated. But we also believe that that reconciliation should be between us as the family of God. We can choose to be reconciled to one another and let Christ be between us. And so on a Sunday when we gather together, we have these ways of doing this, this practice that reminds us of this reconciliation, where we invite Christ into the anger and the miscommunication and the hurt that's between us. And so we stand up and we do that awkward thing where we say, the peace of Christ be with you. And we shake hands and we actively invite Christ to be between us and rest in peace upon us. And then later in our service, we do Eucharist together. We share in the bread and in the cup. And this is another massive journey that Blueprint's been on. Don't have time to talk about it tonight, really, but see the podcast on the website if you weren't there for Scott's epic yarn a few months back. But I want to say that when we participate in that, we participate in the reconciliation that God extends to us and calls us together in. And we say the words. We say, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one cup. And we hear, God forgives you, forgive others, forgive yourself. And in that moment, we choose to let go of ourselves to be part of a bigger whole, to be part of the body of Christ. And so the third area I want to talk about is reconciliation to the world. In John 13, Jesus says, By your love for one another, the world shall know me. And so we love one another, but it's for a bigger purpose. It's to be seen and to be known and to be extended into the world. We read in Corinthians, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And this is the work we are called to do, to allow ourselves to be seen by the world, to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to do so openly. And again, I think a key thing here is to let ourselves be seen. 
to be people who are known as Christ's people, that God might make his appeal through us. There's a distinction here between doing things for the glory of being seen and not being false about who you are when you're doing things, which I think you can all figure out. And so this call to be ministers of reconciliation who take the call to love our neighbours seriously, it shapes how we spend our time and how we spend our money and who we hang out with and what we do on the weekend. And there's just a little example that I was thinking of with this. Um, A few weeks ago, some of us were at um, a protest down at the Petroleum Conference on the waterfront and um, we're kind of thinking about how to be there as Christians as opposed to lots of different ways that protest was going on. And, um, yeah, choosing to be there in a non-violent way and to not participate in shaming people um, or being violent towards the police or the people that were organising the conference or whoever. Um, that we want to be staunch about standing up for what we love and saying that we love our neighbours and we love this planet and it matters and we're going to show up, but we're not going to put the ends before the means and that actually the quality of our love and the process of those things matters. God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. He gave all of us Jesus. And God makes his appeal of love through us that the power of Jesus be known to the world. And so if the invitation is to come um, be, you know, the distressed people in the cave. We know that the story doesn't end there, that there is transformation and that there is a call to be in the world, to bring the kingdom to the world. And so, um, as Jesse mentioned earlier, we've got the super special blueprint meeting this Tuesday. And that's kind of the start of like a, a bigger conversation that we want to be having about what next? Where is God calling us to? What is making you angry and upset? What is God placing on your heart? What makes you uncomfortable? And to dream together about how we can serve as Christ's ambassadors in our communities. So friends, this is why you want to be here. Because actually, we are a community for whom this is more than just words. There is space for you to be here and to be seen and to give other people spaces to be seen. There is space for you to grow alongside people and to learn from the difficulties and the joys of doing life and faith together. There is space for you to be challenged to hear the call of God to lay down your life as an offering for the transformation of the world and for the bringing of God's kingdom. And for what it's worth, I reckon, even though Blueprint is by no means perfect, you want to call this place home. And if you've been here for a while and still kind of have that feeling like when you go to someone else's house and you don't know if you can make a cup of tea, or like, do I take my shoes off, or can I jump on the bed, I don't know, then this is me saying, let yourself be seen. This place is home if you choose it. Please opt in and experience the costliness and the beauty of letting yourself be seen by others and be seen by God and by being people who have each other's back in mission as we endeavour to be Christ's ambassadors of reconciliation in the world. And so I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that we as a leadership team realise that there's often quite a big gap between 
arriving at Blueprint on a Sunday, volunteering and doing AV or welcoming, to moving in with a bunch of Blueprinters, giving up almost all of your spare time um, for a radical way of living in chapters. And actually, we want to create more on-ramps for people to be able to serve and to belong here, to call this place home. And so to finish, I want to outline five hows, five ways that we are pursuing the fullness of reconciliation together, five focuses this year of outworking our call to reconciliation. So the first is the three Gs, um, not the mobile network, guides, groups, and gatherings. This year, we've launched these guided reflection things um, called seasonal guides, which are a chance for individuals to spend time with God, meditating on scripture, but also to come together in groups of people and to journey through the church calendar year. And these enable us to go deeper with God and with each other in small groups. And I kind of think of these as like little caves, places where you can show up and let yourself be seen before God and before the same small crew of people week in and week out and read scripture together and pray and share life together. And we have prayer down at St. Peter's and we have our big Sunday gatherings. And these things are things we're already doing but we want to do with more vigor and for, I guess, extending those things to more people and people inviting people along to them. Second thing is hospitality. We want to be people who share our lives and our tables and our homes with each other to embody that companionship that I was talking about earlier, to be people who serve our friends and strangers, who welcome people in that God may be known among us. And so there's a challenge here. Um, We would want everyone in Blueprint to be participating in this. So the challenge I put to you is, is there a night of the week where you could choose to say, this is the night that I have people around for dinner? Or is there a morning of the week where you could get coffee and regularly invite people to that? To extend hospitality both to those who are in our close whanau and beyond. And then our third thing is um, catchily named New Community Initiative. (laughs) It's so good. Um, So I spoke earlier about the free store being a place where people um, serve one another and love each other in a tangible way, and friendships and community can form. But as a blueprint leadership, we don't want to just rest on the laurels of like, oh yeah, this cool thing is happening, and, and like people fought for it ages ago, and now we're just going to be like, that's the thing we did, um, and be like, that was the golden days. <laughs> we actually want to have our ears to the ground and be attentive to God and seek after some new context, new way of serving the people of our city to seek God for where he'd call us to be the ambassadors of Christ's reconciliation. Chapters, still important. Missional places of hospitality where people are laying their lives down for people or place. In October, we take a month to discern about um, people that are in a chapter, whether they want to stay on for another year and stay committed to that, or um, other people that aren't part of that choosing to opt in, so that's coming up in October. And te ao Māori. For a number of blueprinters, personally, in the last few years, um, there's been a journey of reconciliation with the history of Aotearoa, of learning te reo, and of learning about the history of our land and the injustices in that history. 
And so as a church community, we actually want to take some intentional steps with that together. So that looks like actually um, forming more of a relationship with the Tangata Whenua of Wellington, um, of the first peoples that were here. A bunch of us a few weeks ago were up at Ratana, and we're looking at building um, stronger friendships with the community there, particularly um, seeing how we can be alongside them to celebrate and to serve as they have um, the 100th year celebration of the start of their movement. Going on a noho marae together, which will be a good time. And I can only say this in brief, but you guys all will know this from because you've been listening to me so attentively the whole way through. Reconciliation is about relationship. And that means it's not something that we do once, tick, and it's done. But it's something that takes time and commitment and love. And um, in all of these things, it means we show up again and again. And so, you've done so well. Stay with me. This is the last little bush. So, I'm going to read that first from Corinthians again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to that message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. I full-heartedly believe that God is calling us to greater depth of knowing him, and to greater unity together, and to through and through be people of reconciliation who change the world. And we aren't starting from scratch here. You've heard a lot tonight about Blueprint and where it's been in the history of this place in transforming people and of reconciliation occurring. But there is more for us yet. I have experienced this in my life. This place has changed me and reoriented my life to more deeply pursue this ministry of reconciliation. So for those of you for whom this vision talk is one of many that you have heard at Blueprint, thank you for being here still. Thank you for digging in and for showing up and for letting yourselves be seen. May you feel the Spirit of God calling you out into more and refreshing you tonight. And for those of you who are new here, I would say, stick around. Let yourself be seen here. Grow with us in this whānau. We'd love for you to join us. <laughs>